With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Happy Monday. I'm coming to you live, no longer from Morelia, Michoacan, but yes, still in Mexico. I'm I'm back home. Uh, yesterday, the Greater Reset Conference wrapped up. It was a lot of fun meeting some old as well as new folks. Um, and uh, we'll resume as, as scheduled. It was interesting broadcasting live on the ground, a bit more stressful, but I learned uh, a lot and I should be going to Anarchapulco as well in Acapulco in a couple of weeks now that I've owned my uh, on the ground broadcast skills. Today we've got first time guests coming up. Dr. Kimberly Biss uh, will be talking about the medical industrial complex and second hour Canadian Tim Moen who uh, is a firefighter and who ran for prime minister as leader of the Libertarian Party of Canada. So we'll, talking, we'll be talking Canada uh, and and tyranny, the usual globalism, all that good jazz. Um, journalists who repeatedly mocked Novak Djokovic collapses. He died suddenly at Australian Open. Fifty nine year old journalist, uh, and of course, it's always sad when anybody passes. But it just um, if you look at some of the comments that this guy made against. Djokovic um it's it's almost like you know and and then it's come back now to haunt him um it's just I mean it's really something Mike Dick Dixon is his named so um yeah it's it's I don't know what to tell you I'm speechless it sucks when people die but um again the fact that the, that it's a complete inversion you know everything that people um on on you know a fighting against COVID tyranny everything that they've been saying is coming true and the folks on the other side are um some of them um are dying from these shots apparently Russia considers seizing property from people who spread disinfo about military so again the algorithm ghetto multipolar edition Moscow's parliament is set to co contemplate the introduction of a regulation that may grant the authority to seize assets such as financial resources, valuable goods, and real estate from individuals accused of disseminating knowingly false narratives concerning the Russian military operations. So again, how is this any way different what's happening in the West? Later, they can expand this rule beyond criticism of Russian military operations. And we read recently, a few months ago, I forget which country it was in the West, that was laying down these same rules. If you created, if you committed some type of hate speech, they... Um, would be able to confiscate your property that may have been Israel I think that so that Israel applied that and now Russia not very freedom loving Moscow uh what else we got going on this is interesting though gay emojis must be banned says Russian MP at least two dozen emojis found in smartphones promote non-traditional sexual relations and should be banned in Russia said the first deputy chairman of the parliamentary defense committee Alexei Zhuravlev 
Some pictograms depict same-sex couples with children, kissing men, kissing women, a pregnant man, a male bride with a mustache, bearded woman, and others. So that's going on in Russia. Uh, and this was a powerful, I think, interview. This is from Ai Weiwei, the Chinese dissident. And I remember about 20 years ago when I was getting into Amnesty International, I actually had a T-shirt um, from Amnesty International, which I think included his his face, I can't, I can't recall, but he says, Ai Weiwei, the renowned Chinese artist and political activist, said at an event at St. John's that freedom of speech is under sanction globally, especially in the West, the US, and Europe. The artist compared the state of free speech today to 70 years ago in the Nazi times and 60 years ago during China's Cultural Revolution. He said, uh, that's what is happening here today continued when the west thinks we have freedom of expression i say that's the biggest lie you don't have freedom of expression i don't think the west has freedom of speech and i 1000 percent agree with him uh u.s por pork belly spot prices soar you will eat the bugs no more meat for you um and i thought this was an interesting tweet from one of my past guests global sovereignty solutions talking about you know there's a lot of these digital nomads today talking about multiple passports and internationalization and my previous guest said a message to the digital nomad types you won't be able to simply bounce around the world as you choose forever carbon scores linked to digital ids and cbdc's are coming having six passports doesn't necessarily help when someone has been grounded Sure, the rich will be able to get around these more or less, either by paying off the right people or buying extra carbon credits. Not only that, such uh, but such infrastructure enabling a slew of tax-related and compliance-related measures are followed. Uh, so he says, I've advocated to travel now while it's still relatively sane. COVID-19 was a test run in many ways. Um, there will be various ways around the systems, I'm sure, but it will be highly dependent on one's connections, net worth, and regions where one is based and i think he's got uh, a point and dr lawrence Sellen makes a comment more videos are coming out over the weekend and today about the insane numbers of of migrants down at the southern u.s border lawrence Sellen says the democrat republican corrupt globalist unit party is deliberately destroying the u.s on behalf of the world economic forum the ccp and international anti-american financiers our leaders have betrayed america and need to be treated as traitors so a lot is going on also the supreme court is allowing border patrol agents to remove razor wire installed by texas at mexico border so some border news uh, a quick reminder for a complete list of shows and our schedule offered on tnt just go to tntradio.live we serve up the latest live news and current affairs presented by a host of incredible expert commentators who can separate fact from fiction right here on tnt Going 360 on the headlines. It's really well-balanced conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. According to a newly disclosed document, the former Democrat-led House Select Committee on J6, January 6th, allegedly deleted password-protected files that contained critical information just days before Republicans seized the majority in the House of Representatives. Here with the story joining me now, TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Sir Bombshell revelation 
here uh, with the Jan 6 stuff. We're talking over 100 encrypted files mysteriously deleted just days before the GOP took over. It looks a little suspicious. Uh, in a new interview with uh, Fox News, the chairman of the House Administration Committee's Oversight Subcommittee, Representative Barry Loudermilk of Georgia described the revelation as bringing the investigation into a quote-unquote new phase. Uh, Loudermilk, uh, Loudermilk, excuse me, alleges that a forensics team found that 117 files had been either deleted or encrypted on January 1st, 2023, shortly before the Republicans took over the investigation that had previously been led by Representative Benny Thompson and Representative Liz Cheney. The congressman is demanding that Democrats hand over the passwords as the files have since been recovered. The files are believed to contain interviews and depositions that could prove crucial to the case. Louder Milk said, quote, it's obvious that they went they went to great lengths to prevent Americans from seeing certain documents produced in their investigation. It also appears that Benny Thompson and Liz Cheney intended to obstruct our committee by failing to preserve critical information and videos as required by House rules, end quote. Uh-oh. Uh, the former state senator said that the investigation into, quote-unquote, what really happened that day is growing thanks to the support of new House Speaker Mike Johnson, who is pouring more tax dollars, taxpayer dollars into the probe. He said, quote, the Speaker has committed whatever resources we need to move forward and has basically tripled the size of our staff, end quote. The incident, the riot, the breach, whatever you want to call it, which began after ex-president Donald Trump called on his supporters <laughs> to try and overturn the result of the 2020 election. That's the official story anyways, uh, and was responsible for the deaths of nine people. OK, some dozens more injured and has so far seen 1200 people charged. Louder Milk told Fox News, quote, we are investigating what really happened on January 6th and how were these people, whoever they were, how were they able to get into the Capitol? What was the security failure? He adds, quote, because the American people have a right to know what happened. My main goal is to get the truth out there and give the American people the ability to make their own determination on this with facts, not with preconceived ideas or predetermined narratives, but just the facts of what happened, end quote. Uh, the Georgia conservative accused the Democratic investigation into the riot as trying to, quote, prove something that they wanted to be the truth, end quote. He went on to say that liberals cherry-picked, as he describes it, evidence, uh, and that they admitted things that contradicted their narrative. And he says, quote, look, I'm not here to vindicate anyone, but we want the truth to prevail, end quote. Don't we all, Harvori, but... Uh, I'm a little hesitant in this department. I don't think we're ever going to get to the truth, as it were, as to what happened on Gen 6. I think most of us already understand what the truth is, but they're not going to come out and tell us. Uh, what do you think? I would agree with you, although maybe this year or next, um, there is some hope. You know, I was checking out a clip from Clay Higgins today, and previously he was discussing J6 and how he's 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 pushing forward um on that and then i saw a clip from a week ago where clay higgins was he's going all out um 
more specifically on the border issue, but that he wants to um, impeach Mayorkas, the head of the DHS. Uh, and I guess they've started impeachment proceedings more for the border issue. But, you know, the DHS would also be, in my opinion, tied to what's happening, what happened with J6. But, you know, if one domino starts to fall, like a Mayorkas, a DHS, um, you know, I think people like uh, Clay Higgins uh, and others, you know, wh who knows? We we can only keep trying, right, Ruckus? But, you know, Thomas Massey has been tweeting on this. Uh, Darren Beatty's comments from Revolver about footage coming out now. I, I watched it over the weekend regarding J6. Uh, and you clearly see the local police um, with marked and unmarked police vehicles and, and people going in and then coming out as uh, undercover protesters. And so we we've got the 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 evidence you know the smoking guns but it's the the media that prevents the the narrative from being altered from from this new info being able to to burst onto the scene and alter the narrative but um i don't know i would agree with you ruckus but i think uh the the chances are slowly increasing uh, as the year goes by that we might see something well, and if WikiLeaks has taught us anything, we can just dump the truth out there to everybody and nothing changes except uh, the people who dump the information get thrown in the gulag. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm very, like I said, skeptical about getting to the bottom of anything. We're just going to be keep, they'll just keep changing the narrative. The The proverbial they will change hands, we'll switch colors, switch teams, and we'll get a different version of the truth. But again, we'll never get the actual truth from these people. And it's just sad, you know, because there are people who are still like waiting to even be sentenced uh, for a crime that they probably didn't commit over this stuff. It's really terrible. Political persecution in the United Soviet States of America. And, you know, just there was a story by The Guardian I was going to mention in a bit, but it's related to what you and I were discussing. They need this narrative of um domestic insurrection just like hitler needed the narrative of the reichstag fire in 1933 was it and so i think you're right um if we keep seeing that narrative continue forward strongly that's a good sign that truth won't come out from j6 and there was this story from guardian um couple days ago says far-right figures trying to create christian nationalist haven in kentucky and the american redoubt and so again that's that's the basis for their false flag domestic terror ops it's these conservative white christian far-right white supremacist neo-nazi groups who did you know trump supporters who did j6 and so yeah i don't know what to tell you any final thought ruckus well, one thing's for sure, Havori, we've clearly moved out of clown world and into some strange new world that I'm hesitant to label, but I was thinking about it today. So much of what we believe is fake. So I'm going to just say that we live in fake world now. It's the clown world uh, episode uh, on the Twilight Zone or something like that. All right, catch up with you in a bit. We'll be joined by Dr. Kim Biss. You'll find her on Twitter X at DOC, as in Doc this i feel free to call in we'll be right back tnt's steve malsberg if a president could be prosecuted for things he did which he believed and was advised by his lawyers what, what was was the duty of the president to do 
And then after the fact, after he's president, he could be prosecuted. The example has come up today many times. Well, when Joe Biden leaves office, he could be prosecuted for not securing the border. Barack Obama um, okayed drone strikes against American citizens overseas. He could be prosecuted for murder. I mean, this opens up a whole can of worms. Um, Pandora's box, I think, is the term that uh, that Trump used. Steve Malzberg on today's News Talk TNT. Chief Division Counsel and DOJ have approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? Government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at. And then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. Today's News Talk Radio. Now we're talking. Turn it up now. TNT. Joining us on the Rebel Transmission is Dr. Kim Biss. She's a practicing physician who's spoken out against some of the horrors, damage wrecked by the COVID pandemic mandates, countermeasures. You can follow her on uh, X Twitter at DOC Doc Biss, B I S S. Welcome to TNT, Doctor. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. I, I've, I'm always looking for freedom fighters, uh, people to help us analyze the truth, what's really happening in the world. And I found you on a bunch of podcasts, so I'm like, I got to talk to Dr. Kim. Um, but, but before getting your thoughts um, on some of, you know, Big Pharma and the medical industrial complex, just anything you want to tell us about yourself? Sure. So I've been um, in private practice since 1998. I uh, graduated from medical school in 1993, Tufts Medical School up in Boston. And I did a surgery internship in uh, 93 to 94. And then I went down to St. Petersburg, Florida and completed an OBGYN residency and then started private practice when I graduated in 1998. And I opened my own practice um, in 2007, and I've grown that to a five-provider group to the present time. And I've also been involved in many medical leadership committees uh, at the hospital um, that I'm currently on staff. Uh, and I just completed a four-year um, stint as chief of the medical staff. So 
that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, a, a very uh, accomplished. And I'm guessing you really started to speak out on some of the th stuff that a lot of us, you know, are thinking about from 2020 on onward, would I say with the with the COVID and, and, and pandemic? Yeah, so uh, 2020 January is when I started um, be being the chief of staff at my hospital and lucky for me because that was the year when the pandemic started in that March and um, quickly found out that uh, a lot of my colleagues that I thought, you know, were educated and whatnot were not questioning anything we were being told and a lot of what we were being told right away to me didn't make sense. I mean, why all of a sudden do we have no way to treat a respiratory infection? We had respiratory infections for many, many years prior to COVID. And I didn't understand the, you know, um, six foot apart from one another. Everybody has to wear a mask. Now you have to lock in your home for two weeks. As a hospital, we were uh, canceling elective surgeries, which to me didn't make sense uh, because, of course, the rationale was we needed to keep beds and ventilators available for patients. My hospital was never overwhelmed. Everybody received care when they needed it. Um, you know, there's just a lot of things. But when I would question, I was, you know, quickly uh, quieted down, let's say. And um, I just, you know, I didn't really say much because I knew I was alone in the beginning. And, um, you know, I didn't really start speaking out until the following year uh, when we had a death of a pregnant woman and I just couldn't handle it anymore. Some of the things we were doing and not doing. So, and, and and what would you you know from your vantage point? How would you describe what COVID was or is, uh, and, and the whole experience? So you know, as you said, I would agree. A lot of the things that were forced were unwarranted, were totalitarian. Uh, but I've you know I've talked I've had guests on. Uh, I've talked to Dr. Francis Boyle. Uh, I did the first interview with him January of 2020, and he's the author of the Bioweapons Act. Uh, and he believed, you know, it was a biological warfare weapon that came out of a lab. So we've got these different um, theories, uh, you know, as well as to how damaging the pandemic was it, it, itself. You know, I, I, my, my belief is that that by definition, we we didn't go through a pandemic, whatever happened. Um, but uh, what, what, you know, after the, you know, looking in hindsight now, how would you assess what what happened? So, you know, there was definitely something going on because people were getting sick, um, but I think it was definitely, um, you know, a pandemic of the PCR test. Um, you know, everybody was testing, the numbers were being flashed across the screen as far as cases every day and then the deaths, et cetera. And, you know, now we've learned that the PCR tests couldn't distinguish between COVID-19, RSV or the common cold, so who knows how many of those were truly positive tests. And then, of course, when you dissect out who truly died from whatever this was, you know, there's dying with and there's dying of. And the majority of the people died with. And when you actually look at the number of people that died of, it was the same as a, you know, seasonal flu. And many people, sadly, I feel died from the protocols, you know, they were admitted, they got placed on a ventilator, they got placed on the remdesivir, which is very toxic. 
And, you know, a lot of them died probably from that um, and were denied early outpatient treatment. I mean, prior to COVID, if you went to a doctor, at least in the United States, with an upper respiratory infection, you left with four prescriptions. You got a Z-Pack, an inhaler, a steroid, and maybe a cough suppressant. But then we have another, you know, novel respiratory virus, and now there's nothing we can give you and come back when you're blue and can't breathe. You know, it's just, it didn't make sense. And, you know, the lockdowns now, we know um, the lockdowns caused a lot of death, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, increase in domestic and child abuse um, and violence, uh, you know, drug and alcohol abuse. And look what it did to our children as far as denying them appropriate education, some for two years, depending upon when you live. So you really, you know, cause a lot of problem to children. I mean, there's just so much now. And we should have recognized a lot of this very early on. I mean, the people that are going to sit there and say, well, we just didn't know. We just didn't know. That's not true. When you look at the emails that came out, you know, that everybody's trying to suppress saying, hey, we're having issues with these shots. There's a lot of myocarditis, you know, and that was just kind of filed away in the trash bin in February of 2021. I mean, it's just so much of what happened was just criminal, in my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, even just average people, um, you know, those of us that aren't doctors like yourself, you know, very early on, we could figure this stuff out, you know, along with many, you know, let's call them dissident uh, medical practitioners. And um, as you mentioned, I remember it was maybe seven years ago here in Mexico, I got a really bad flu or whatever. And, you know, I thought it would go away. And, you know, three days becomes five, I'm coughing up blood. And I go to the doctor and he gives me um, antibiotics, which solved the problem. Mm -hmm. But I think it, as an example, during COVID, people were not getting these correct um, treatments. And then and on top of that being put on these insane treatments like remdesivir and then dying um, as a result. We're, we're going to jump real quick to our headlines. TNT Radio News. Huge news. news, news, news. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, in a recent statement on social media, firmly declared his stance against compromising on Israeli control over Gaza countering U.S. President Joe Biden's suggestion for potential solutions to achieve Palestinian statehood. On Sunday, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis withdrew from the race for the Republican presidential nomination and endorsed the current frontrunner, former U.S. President Donald Trump. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. We are back with Dr. Kim Biss. Follow her on Twitter, X, at DOC Biss, and talking about um, covid how, how broken would you say the system is? Because we've seen we see the corruption now, uh, you know, with the CDC, the involvement of, act, you know, software engineers like Bill Gates and his foundation, uh, big pharma. Uh, you know, we've seen a, a lot now the corruption that, that that has come about. Moderna, the Pfizer's, the the the, the Johnson and Johnsons, and so. Um, your thoughts on some of these institutions uh, and, and 
it seems like a lot of pe people are losing faith um, in these institutions as well as uh, hospitals. Yeah, so as far as institutions go, I mean, in the United States, you know, I don't think the um, uh, FDA or the CDC really has any trust in them anymore. I mean, we now know that, um, you know, especially Pfizer now with the DNA uh, plasmid information that's been out since essentially the spring of 2023 and confirmed, uh, you know, by many other scientists. I mean, that should have been something that should have been recognized by the FDA. There's no excuse. You know, basically Pfizer got emergency use authorization for this product that they made a completely different way than they did in the trials. And that's fine to make it utilizing E. coli and DNA plasmid as long as both of those things aren't in your final product. Um, but this is something that the FDA should have recognized. And, you know, it was pretty, I think, fraudulently presented to the FDA. Um, they never should have been granted the emergency use. And then, you know, of course, with the CDC, I mean, their guidance with how we needed to manage this pandemic and then how, you know, they get vaccines immediately put onto the childhood schedule and et cetera. I mean, it's just, and some of the things the CDC should really be tracking are some of the things that people like me and other physicians are screaming from the mountaintops. I mean, they should be tracking all the side effects and, um, you know, from these injections that everybody got and, and they're not. And some of the things that they did see early signals for, like the myocarditis, they, you know, they kind of pushed under the rug. So it's, you know, there's a lot of lost trust there. And I feel that, you know, those agencies are captured, uh, you know, by big pharma. And um, we, we just need to, I think, start afresh and get the influence of big pharma out. Um, you know, we're one of two countries that allows direct advertising uh, to the consumer, New Zealand being the other country. And because of that, you know, a lot of agencies and entities are captured and receive a lot of pharma bucks. I think we just need to get rid of that. And just on the vaccine, you know, um, a lot of people you know, have said it's not a vaccine. Um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., people you know of his stature have, have said, you know, they came out of basically the, the military arm of the government, the, the, the DOD and the Pentagon. Um, and, you know, I had someone on from Florida recently, Dr. Joseph Sansone, you've got the Surgeon General of Florida saying we need to pull these um, injections. And so do you think the truth um, is starting to come out? And then how would you assess the damage? Have more people, um, I would I would think that more have died from this injection than from whatever COVID was. I mean, I remember here in Mexico, you know, an elderly lady from our church got the shot a few weeks later gone uh friends of mine here in mexico now are saying that their friends or family are getting guillain beret i kid you not over the weekend a friend of mine told me that their friend that their friend's sibling got guillain beret from a vaccine yeah and yet she's going to go she's she's going abroad and she's afraid of getting COVID and she's going to take the injection and i'm just like your sibling literally got guillain beret and you're gonna still mm -hmm. take it. But so your thoughts on the damage that has been done and if the truth you think is, is coming out slowly. Yeah, so a couple of things. I actually had a patient who was living in Florida, but also she had dual citizenship. She is primarily from Canada. Her husband had Guillain-Barre from a previous vaccine many, many years prior to COVID. 
his physician in Canada told him, well, you're, you need to get the COVID injection because if you get COVID, you're going to die of COVID. And I said to her, your husband's going to get the shot, even though he's had Guillain-Barre and survived in the past. She said, absolutely. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, fortunately, the quality control with the development of these, you know, countermeasures was not very good. So that hopefully a lot of our friends and family got duds. You know, they may have just gotten saline or degraded messenger RNA. You know, these vaccine centers that were set up in the United States where you pulled up to a parking lot, they had these vaccines out all day in the sun when, remember, they were supposed to be at minus 70 degrees or whatnot. So whatever was injected into people in those places hopefully was, you know, degraded down and not active. So there's fortunately probably, you know, some people that, um, you know, sadly got the real thing, but I don't think the numbers are as high as we may think. I mean, we can only hope, but I would agree. I mean, and, and the problem is it's, you know, a lot of people, it's, there's so much that's yet to come. I mean, not everybody died right away. Some people got these God awful conditions that, you know, sadly we can't figure out how to treat or cure or manage in some, or, you know, worse, the cancers that, you know, everybody's anticipating is going to skyrocket. And, you know, you have people that say, well, that's because people didn't get their screenings during the lockdowns. And that's a ridiculous statement to say now, three years later. I mean, Florida, we were locked down until June of 2020. So nobody in Florida that was living in Florida was denied, you know, primary care or preventative screening. So you cannot explain in our state, the increase in cancer, which I'm seeing in my office, but try getting Florida cancer data after 2020. It's not published. So it's very sad. Do you think, you know, people talk about, well, the injections themselves, but also whatever is in them uh, being able to shed onto others. And I've been talking mm -hmm. to folks recently who say, uh, you know, even if you have, you know, any thoughts on if they can shed whatever is in them, as well as yeah. if people have taken the shot, um, do they have to be so worried? Are there ways to mitigate uh, that or or detox or, or, or whatnot? So I, I do believe they're shedding. I mean, if you look at the history of traditional vaccines, especially live viral vaccines, I mean, there was definitely shedding because, you know, the companies would get more bang for their buck, so to speak. Um, but, you know, there were studies done, my cycle story and Dr. James Thorpe and others, you know, did some studies on the abnormal menstrual periods women were having after either they received the vaccine or they were around other people that had been, you know, vaccinated when they themselves had not, and they still had had an abnormality in their bleeding. Um, so I definitely believe they're shedding. I know there's lots of you know, detox uh, remedies out there. But the problem is I think we need to have these studied um, to see if they're really working because sadly, you know, there are certain supplement companies that get on the bandwagon. And, you know, if you're a vaccine injured person and you're, you know, just in dire straits for something to help you, you're going to buy whatever somebody advertises, but whether or not it truly works, you know, do we really know that yet? So I think we definitely need to 
look into that and do some studies. But the problem is it goes against the narrative. So good luck getting funding for those studies or approval. So. And, and, and what about people like yourself um, in the industry, in the healthcare uh, industry, working as doctors? Um, it seems, you know, in some parts of the world, we see them get into more trouble than in others. So you're out in Florida, which is freer. I've spoken to fellow Croatian-American, Dr. Kat Lindley, who's out in Texas. And I even asked her this question. She said that, I don't know, she, she's never had any problems yet. We see Doc Malik, who I've spoken to out in the UK, he can't practice anymore. Uh, and and yeah. in other parts uh, of the world or, or countries, at the school where I used to teach, my coworkers and teachers who refused to be injected lost their jobs unconstitutionally. Um, just your thoughts on the, the the threat of being canceled if if you speak you know if you speak your mind on, on covid yeah like you said i mean fortunately i'm in the state of florida and you know our governor <laughs> would not stand for that um we did have some areas and some companies in florida which did mandate the injections um in order for you know to be able to be employed or some schools sadly did uh you know in our state some colleges and universities my my employer and my hospital did not mandate the injections i was fully ready if they did that to actually um resign because i wasn't going to get the injections nobody in my family got them um uh and, you know, honestly, I kind of came into the movement, so to speak, in um, the fall of 2022. And I just decided at that point in time that I wasn't afraid if, uh, you know, an entity like my licensing board or my board uh, came down hard on me. I just made a decision then that you know, that was just a club I wouldn't want to be a member of anymore if it came to that. Um, but I know there are people in other states that, you know, face um, a lot of hardship uh, with that and have, you know, some have lost their license, um, you know, lost their license for either speaking out or prescribing ivermectin. I mean, it, it's crazy. There's so much more egregious stuff that happens in medicine than what some of my colleagues have lost their ability to practice medicine for have lost it. So I think that that is the attitude to have, regardless if anyone is wherever anyone I was like you, I was willing to be fired. Uh, but I was just in a position between jobs that um, I never had the opportunity to say, I quit, you know, or to be fired for not. <laughs> I was looking forward to that. But uh, maybe some point in the future. And, um, you know, b before I ask more questions, what else is important for you when it comes to big pharma to covid um you know we talked about some of the issues but what are some things uh, lessons that still need to be learned or, or or you know thoughts on your mind well sadly you know history repeats itself and we we've actually learned these lessons when it comes to giving something brand new out of the gate to a, a pregnant population i mean i was aghast when i heard that we were going to give these injections to pregnant women because we've never given any new product um, out of the gate for obvious reasons to a pregnant woman. And, you know, the Pfizer and none of these 
companies intentionally um, studied on pregnant women, you know, for obvious reasons. I mean, ethically, we don't really do that often. We rely on animal data. Um, so, you know, some of the women did actually get pregnant in the Pfizer trials, and there was an 83% miscarriage rate. Um, now, all of a sudden, four months into the rollout, 2021, our American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology is telling us to inject, you know, all our women that are pregnant, thinking of getting pregnant or breastfeeding. And I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, we have a classification of drugs we use, and these are drugs that are studied and I would definitely say now we could safely say that these injections are category X, which are don't give to pregnant women ever. Um, so, but we learned this in the past with the use of thalidomide and diethylstilbestrol or DES. And with DES, the pregnant women weren't harmed. It was the, it was the offspring and uh, primarily the female offspring that later on in life were at higher risk for developing cervical cancers. And that's my concern with these injections too, because we know that the lipid nanoparticles go everywhere in the body and that's the fatty envelope around the messenger RNA for your audience members. And I'm sure, you know, they go to the fetuses and where did they concentrate the highest in the Pfizer rat trials, the ovaries. So you have a developing female fetus who makes all her eggs she's ever gonna have by 20 weeks or halfway through a pregnancy. And if these lipid nanoparticles or spike proteins or whatever else is in these injections gets in her ovaries, what does that mean? Well, we're not going to know until she's either not getting periods, not going through puberty, or can't get pregnant. But we learned this with diethylstilbestrol. I mean, there's no excuse. It's, it's you know, it, it also reminds me of learning lessons. The 19, I think, 76 swine flu where dozens of people were dying from the vaccine and they immediately stopped it uh, versus some of the stuff you're detailing here. And it just keeps going on. Uh, and on. Uh, it's time for our break, uh, Doctor. People can follow you on Twitter X at DocBis. We'll be right back. My name's Stacy. I'm 57, and I was adopted in 2020. We were adopted in 2019, and we were adopted in 2021. We had a house, um, and it sounds crazy, but it wasn't a home. The one thing that Jake and Emma brought is it became a home. When I met Dakota, he had just turned 14. You weren't there for the first this and the first that. I missed the first words, but we got a lot of other firsts. Watching her say, oh my God, I cannot believe I got my license. And she's like, I passed. And I'm like, girl. <laughs> See them grow. It is. They chose to love us. They didn't have to. They chose us. Family. You and you. Kids in the middle. What I thought was a complete life was nowhere near complete. <laughs> but it is now. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. And for those with children, the separation can be especially difficult. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. You can watch your mom or dad read a book to you, and it almost feels like they're really there. 
we ensure they remain a consistent, meaningful part of their children's lives, no matter the distance. Just seeing Jacob recognize Daddy again after a long time just melted my heart. And now, as we're facing greater isolation from our loved ones, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading and download our free secure app at unitedthroughreading.org. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. It is our final segment here with Dr. Kim Biss. She's on Twitter X at DocBiss. I was looking at your latest retweet uh, and it had, um, it was uh, Dell Bigtree's The High Wire. I met Dell last year um, mm -hmm. here in Mexico at the Greater Reset Conference, which I just returned from yesterday. Uh, and and also the guest on Dell's latest show, um, it's titled Data Reveals Tsunami of COVID Vaccine Deaths. And he's interviewing John, I can't remember, I can never pronounce his last name, Bedouin or something, who I've had on TNT here as well uh, with me mm -hmm. uh, maybe la last year or the year before. But uh, I, I did want to ask your further thoughts as a doctor and, and even as just a, a citizen on the technocracy that we saw during what I call COVID-1984, these QR codes, these digital passports, the restriction of, of movement, um, you know, of, of our basic freedoms um, in our constitutions. You know, even here in Mexico, uh, what the government was doing was unconstitutional. Uh, in the US, there has been and is still is much litigation. Um, you know, they were, in, in some cases, you know, people were killed for not wearing face masks for their own health, right? Which is absolutely right. crazy. One young man here in Guadalajara, where I live, supposedly were ended up being killed by police for not wearing uh, uh, the the face mask. And so, your thoughts on some of these things they attempted to roll out, uh, like these QR codes that would track everyone, that were would would track if they were injected or not. Um, it, it was yeah, really well, crazy. Yeah, I mean, of course, I'm not. For that and you know i don't think any physician should be for that i i think that you know in the united states at least i mean the only the only right that wasn't taken away from us and they've tried believe me is our gun rights but everything else you know our speech um right to gather you know they they wouldn't let people go to churches of course but you could go to your liquor store or strip club i mean it just they closed the gyms everything that's supposed to keep us healthy you know they took away from us you know go lock yourself up inside don't take vitamins don't get out in the sun don't exercise order uber eats don't congregate do you notice now, like, people don't even look at each other anymore? And why should they? Because for two or three years, all you saw were two eyeballs above a blue mask. I mean, why would you, why do you look at people now? I mean, and that's all by design. But I don't think anybody should be forced, you know, they, they made such a big deal about HIPAA. But what do these QR codes tell everybody? Oh, you got a vaccine. I mean, basically, they're telling, you know, you're letting everybody know your health history, right? <laughs> I thought that was supposed to be private. I mean, it's crazy, but you know, in other countries, it, I mean, and, and we all predicted this and we were all the conspiracy theorist people, but I mean, in France, there was a time you couldn't even go to the grocery store unless you could prove you were vaccinated. I mean, that's, so now you can't eat. It's one thing not to be able to work, but now you can't get food. I mean, it's insane. And look, it's, and the vax, and they don't work. So what does it matter? <laughs> It's it's for your health. They want you to go on yeah. a hunger strike. Uh, 
<laughs> so it's you know absolutely crazy and um what about do you feel people are waking up now uh you know i'm hearing from people who say who have taken the shot they'll, they'll never take them again um just your thoughts there i think they are i mean sadly um I, the doctors aren't i mean i just saw a patient that was diagnosed last year with breast cancer she's in her 40s no family history no genetic predisposition so young to get breast cancer prior to her diagnosis she had three modernas so that might have something to do with it but she goes to a cancer center and they are telling her to get the latest booster that just came out this fall which she did and then a week later she developed a blood clot in her left arm from shoulder to hand and of course her doctors there tell her well that's because you're on chemotherapy no connecting the dots i mean we know these things cause clots and now we know that they're probably causing cancer and you have cancer institutions that are telling these patients to get these shots you know it's crazy um but i definitely my patients are definitely seeing this i mean by now you can't cover up things okay i have patients who have had friends that they got an injection and then they lost their baby or they got five injections and had COVID 10 times or they have a family member that developed you know atrial fibrillation or some sort of cardiac thing after these injections or the blood clots or sadly death you know so they're all the, the the lay public is connecting the dots but but the physicians are not and that that to me is insane and i don't know if that's because you know a lot of the physicians got these injections and had their family members get them and they just don't want to connect the dots because that's probably psychologically too much for them to handle that's just yeah, my I've, theory <laughs> i've come to that same conclusion as you know why they're doubling down on stockholm syndrome and one of them the truth is too um nasty and do you think that our governments and and the medical industry that they could do this again to us do you think they could lock the whole world down and get everyone uh to, or a majority to wear masks and, and and all this sort of stuff well i think first and foremost in the united states everybody needs to be contacting their representatives and other congress members about exiting the who and the united nations i mean we do not you know the these treaties they want to put forth are going to be voted upon this spring and you know for those in your audience who don't know that basically means uh, your country loses its sovereignty and whatever the who says you have to do and they'll send in the united nations military to enforce it so you know covid was just a trial run i hope people are awake i mean if you look at these people over in europe like the farmers that are all in their tractors and i mean we're pretty lazy here in the united states but you know we need to we we need to have an uproar and definitely uh not allow this to happen again i mean it, it's crazy was it prevent genocide 2030.org uh, i think dr rima Laibo, who i had on the program a couple months back uh you know she's helping facilitate that so people in all the different states can contact their representatives uh and and get us out of groups like the who um how how should we be viewing health these days you know i'm my view is kind of like a balance where i like a lot of natural or alternative health traditional stuff um 
up to a point where it doesn't serve me and then you know if you like again you break your leg you go to the hospital or whatnot mm -hmm. how, how you know how do you do you see a change in how people are are viewing health and any thoughts there yeah i mean i think first and foremost a lot of parents have become awakened to the benefits or lack thereof and dangers of vaccines so you know the childhood uh, well visits have gone down pretty significantly because that's really all a child well visit is, is just go in and get five injections. You know, if you're not sick, why are you going to the doctor? I think this preventative care, you know, is really just a way to get in and get injections and be on medications that you probably don't even need to be on. I mean, Hippocrates said, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. I think that our food is, you know, very corrupted as well. But I mean, we all need to be learning how to eat, what to eat, what types of food to eat, what supplements to take. Um, and then, you know, probably many of us wouldn't even need to see a doctor. I mean, there's very few things we cure in medicine. I mean, if you have an infection or you have an appendix that needs to be removed or you break a limb, but otherwise, if your doctor puts you on a medicine, I mean, you're on it for life. And what a perfect business model that is for big pharma, right? Because if they actually made us better, they wouldn't make any money. So we need to get away from sick care, which is what we practice now, and we need to get into health care. It, and it's it's interesting you use that example because that's exactly how, what I figured out with my kid here in Mexico, that the we stopped going to the pediatrician because the only reason I figured out was they wanted they get most of their money from vaccines issuing them. Mm -hmm. And then when they saw we weren't interested, I could visibly see in the doctor's face his disinterest from that point on mm -hmm. and then we realized why do we got to go as they tell us every three months or six months it's like the kid's fine perfectly healthy no need uh to go to the well um visit uh so far we we are two minutes to midnight you know any other thoughts when it comes to solutions resi resisting some of this dystopian tyrannical madness uh, and or staying sane and and, and healthy well, I think, you know, for my patients, I think a good piece of advice would be to, you know, do your own research. Don't take anything, you know, your doctor tells you, um, you know, blindly. You need to research and you need to do what's best for you. And for my pregnant women, no more COVID injections. Please don't take anything messenger RNA-based. Um, they cause a lot of inflammation in general, and pregnancy doesn't do well with inflammation. There's a new respiratory syncytial virus vaccine that's out on the market now that Pfizer made that they want us to inject all our pregnant women with. Babies died in those trials. Um, please don't get them. Some very good um, advice. Uh, all right. Uh, it was uh, great having you on. A doctor, uh, you know, someone with your background, experience, credentials to 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 speak truth, I think, to power, uh, and hopefully, someone sees this and uh, decides um, on not getting <laughs> injected. Uh, you know, any final thought, and then tell us where we can best find you in the metaverse, as I like to call it. Yeah, the only platform I'm on is on Twitter, and I'm at docbiss, D-O-C-B-I-S-S, and um, my messaging is open, so if you have a question, you can send me a message. All right, keep up the great work uh, that you're doing. Thanks for coming on TNT. Thanks for having me. All right, I'll be right back after this.